continuing the series on man, the image of God, and we have looked at in the previous series, up until now, the previous uh, series of teachings, that is, the will of man, the conscience of man, and the spirit of man. And in this particular series, we're looking at the mind of man. And uh, in the previous teaching, we had a look at the, the mind of Adam, and we wanted to just explore what his mindset was before he committed sin. And we saw that his uh, level of understanding um, was at the, pretty much at the same level as our Lord Jesus' understanding was when he walked the earth. For our Lord Jesus was the last Adam. And uh, the Bible also teaches us that Adam, the first Adam was a type of him who was to come, being the last Adam, uh, our Lord Jesus. And um, so we saw that Adam, in fact, did have spiritual understanding. And uh, he was not ignorant of the things of God before he committed sin. And then we saw that when he did commit sin, that obviously his spirit died straight away. And he had to transition from being spiritually minded to becoming carnally minded. Because all he had known up until the time that he committed sin was uh, things of the spirit. Um, he lived in this natural realm, but he lived in this realm um, as God always intended mankind should, out of the spirit. Um, which is the way our Lord Jesus walked the earth. He lived in this natural realm, but he also lived out of the Spirit. And so that's the way that Adam and Eve used to walk when they were in the Garden of Eden. When they committed sin, then their thinking had to transition from being spiritually minded to becoming carnally minded. And we saw that it didn't take very long for his thought processes to change. Um, we saw in Genesis 3.10, the scripture says, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And so we saw that straight away. Adam started to speak words that he had never spoken before. He spoke of fear. He'd never uh, spoken of fear before. He started to experience emotions of fear. He, he hid himself. All things that uh, he was not used to doing, being the creation that God originally created him to be. And so we saw that that's basically the mindset that all, um, everybody gets drawn into when they come into the earth. And uh, the Bible calls it a carnal mind. And so everybody who's born into the earth, we saw, is born into the earth um, with a blank slate with regards to their mind. But nevertheless, they have two major things going against them in that our bodies are contaminated with the sin virus which we've inherited from Adam and that includes the organ of the brain and so the organ of the brain is contaminated with the sin virus and so everybody born into the earth has already got that sin virus in that organ that facilitates our being able to think and reason in this life um, and then obviously we saw that as people grow up in this world this world influences our thinking and this world's reasoning and this world's understanding is at complete odds against the kingdom of God. And so all of us, as we grow up in this world, we grow up with a carnal mindset. And we get taught to think as this world thinks, which is completely contrary to the way that the kingdom of God operates and the way that God thinks. And so we have to transition um, our thinking. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, 
nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And so all of us, before we came into the kingdom, uh, Christianity was a, a bit of a foolish thing for us, and the Bible was foolish, and we didn't understand it. No one matters not how many times we might have read the Bible, we had no understanding of that book. It was a closed book to us. And so the carnal mindset is completely against the things of God. And then we saw that the, the scripture refers to the spiritual mind. And so the carnal mind being for all unbelievers in, in the earth, and the spiritual mind not being for all believers in the earth, but rather for all mature believers in the earth. Although all believers in the earth are meant to eventually uh, attain um, a spiritual mind. And we are meant to transition from being carnally minded to becoming spiritually minded. And the scripture, well, there's quite a few scriptures we looked at, and the one we quoted was in Romans 12, 2 said, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And again, in Romans 8, 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so the two are complete opposite ends of the, the pole from each other the spiritual mind and the carnal mind. And we saw that when we come into the kingdom of God, obviously all of us, because we don't get new minds, we get new spirits, um, our mindset is still carnal in its thinking. And so all baby Christians, when they're born again, their mindset is still carnal in thinking, um, still reasons as this world reasons, and uh, does not think spiritually at all. Um, and so we saw that there is a... Uh, a renewing process that has to take place within our thinking and we have to begin to think in line with the Word of God and so we're to transition from being carnally minded to becoming spiritually minded and then we saw we had a look at what the, the, the what the role of the mind actually plays in the life of the believer and that's in the life of everyone we saw that it's what we think about that determines our behavior so even though a, a a Christian is born again in their spirit, if they remain carnal in their thinking, their behavior will still be carnal in nature. They will still behave and walk in the flesh. And we, we saw that we have the choice. We can either walk in the flesh or we can walk in the spirit. And depending on what we set our minds on, that will determine uh, which way we're going to walk. And we saw it in the scripture in Romans 8, 5 to 7, it says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit and so um, we saw that in the world they have no other option available to them everybody who's in the world will only ever live according to the flesh and set their minds on the things of the flesh they do not have the spiritual option available to them but christians believers have now this spiritual option available to us and so we can do what the world cannot do. We can set our minds on the things uh, of the Spirit and thus live according to the Spirit because it is what our minds are set on, the way that we think, that determines our behavior. And so when he says you will live according to the flesh, you, he means you'll behave as one who's in, operating in the flesh. And if you live according to the Spirit, you will behave as one who is um, operating out of their spirit. And so, yeah, the, 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 the will is the decider. The will decides what we're going to think about. But once we have decided what we're going to think about, 
that thought process, those thought processes that go through our minds, then dictate the way that we will behave. And so it is so vital for us as believers, as Christians, to control our thoughts and to bring our thoughts into captivity so that they in fact are thinking in line with the Word of God. So we want to concentrate on today with regards to the renewing of our mind because that is such an important aspect of the Christian walk is that we need to be renewing our minds. And what that really means in essence is we need to change the way we think. So, and you know, I got born again, I was 22 years old and a lot of people come into the kingdom of God pretty late in their lives. And so all through their lives, whatever environment they grew up in, their minds have been programmed to think in a certain direction. And so it takes, there's a lot of intervention that has to take place in the life of the believer to change mindsets from the way that, I mean, you think about in my case, for example, 22 years of programming, I was programmed to think in a certain manner. And then after I came into the kingdom of God, I, because it, it's, it's life and darkness. Uh, God's ways of, uh, and God's thoughts are completely foreign to this life. And so we have to learn to think and act in the complete reversal, which is why you know, the, the gospel message is repent and believe. And repentance means you have to turn around and go in the complete opposite direction. And that includes our thinking. We have to change our thinking from the way that we've always been taught. And we now have to look at what the Word of God tells us. This is how we should be thinking. And now we have to discipline our thinking processes so that we can um, bring our thinking in line with the Word of God. Scripture we want to open up with, um, because we, we want to have a, look at, have a look at an aspect of with the renewing our mind, the fact that we do need spiritual understanding. Um, because we, have we had natural understanding before we were born again, and now we have to transition from natural understanding to uh, having spiritual understanding. And the two, as I say, are completely at opposite ends of the scale. And so it's, a, it's a, quite a, um, a radical process that has to take place in the life of the believer in order for them to attain spiritual thinking. Um, so the first scripture we can look at is in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23. Uh, the Apostle Paul just reinforcing the fact to us, well it's the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, reinforcing the fact to us that our minds have to be renewed. Our spirits are new creations. God takes care of that. But it is us that have to change um, our mindsets. And so he says in Ephesians 4.23, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So he's saying the same thing as he said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be no longer conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, he's just using slightly different terminology. But nevertheless, our minds have to be renewed. And we have to be focused in this. Um, we cannot approach this with, you know, well, whatever happens will happen. It's not going to happen. We have to really apply ourselves because, as I said, we have to unlearn a whole lot of stuff and learn a whole lot of new stuff. And, you know, the, the, as a, the, the two are complete opposites. 
Um, and that takes a, a, a fair amount of input from our side and obviously um, from God's side as well because God does get involved and His grace enables us to do this. Um, but So when we come into the kingdom of God, we have our new spirits, but let's just stay with the, the realm of the mind now. We have the, this carnal mindset. However, and, and so we said that all baby believers are carnal in their thinking, are natural in their thinking, just like unbelievers. There's no difference really between an, an unbeliever's thinking and a baby believer's thinking because both are carnal in nature from a thought process point of view. But nevertheless, the baby believer does have something going for them that obviously the unbeliever does not have going for them. And that is in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 15 and 16. The scripture says, But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And so we, we, we understand that the, the Word of God, the Bible, is given to us to reveal to us the way God thinks. That's one of the ways we can look at the Bible. It give, it's given to us for many different purposes. But one of the purposes that it is given to us for is to reveal to us the way that our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ think. Because remember, we, we, we did quote the scripture from the Old Testament. It says, God said, my, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Um, and so many believers quote that scripture to interpret it to mean, well, you know, we'll just never know how God thinks. And so we must just re resign ourselves to the fact that for all of our Christian walk, it's a mysterious walk um, because, you know, God has his way of thinking and we have our way of thinking and our thoughts are never going to attain to his thoughts. But that's not the New Testament. Under the New Testament, the Bible teaches us very plainly that we have the mind of Christ and that we are to, to have the same mind that Christ had um, in the book of Philippians. He says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ. And so we are meant to take upon our thinking processes the thoughts of Christ. For again, the scripture does tell us in, in the Apostle John, he, he writes to us, he says, he who abides in him ought himself to walk even as he walked, talking about our Lord Jesus. Now we can only walk as Jesus walked if we think as Jesus thought. Because remember what we've said when we looked at the role of the mind. The way we think always determines our behavior. We will never behave differently to the way we think. Um, that's just the natural way that God has designed us to function. So we won't think in one direction and we go off and do something else completely opposite to that. We will always do what we think, how we think. Our behavior is dictated by the way we think. And so we will never be able to walk as our Lord walked if we don't think like our Lord thought. And so, yes, it is very possible for us to think like Jesus thinks because in, under the new covenant, God enables us to do just that. Uh, we have that ability. And one of the things he does for us is he removes the veil from where? From the Word of God. Because as, as we were saying, the Word of God is God's, from the mind point of view, let's just stay with that concept. Um, the Word of God, the Bible, is God's, is revealing to us the way that God thinks. And so what God does when we come into the kingdom of God is that he removes the veil away so that we can begin to 
see and understand as God uh, expects us to understand. We can begin to see spiritual truth. Before we came into the kingdom, we could have read the Bible, I don't know, we put out a number, a million times, and it wouldn't have meant anything to us. We wouldn't have understood one part of it, purely because it's a closed book. God places the veil over His Word, and so it, the veil is only removed in Christ. And so even though as baby believers, when we come into the kingdom of God, our mindsets are still carnal. One of the things we have going for us is that the veil has been removed. And so we can begin to see spiritual truth in God's word. And so we can begin on the journey of transitioning from carnal thinking to spiritual thinking because the veil is removed. And another scripture we can look at is in Luke chapter 24, verse 45. The scripture says, And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. That's speaking of our Lord Jesus, opening the understanding of the disciples so that they could understand the scriptures. The scriptures are the word of God. Understand the word of God. And so, unless God gives us understanding of his word, even as believers, his, his word remains a closed book to us where we cannot understand it, that God is the one who allows revelation of His Word to take place. And that's exactly what our Lord did uh, with the disciples when He appeared to them that night uh, on, the, on the first day of His resurrection. Now, what Jesus did for the early disciples, He continues to do for His church today. Um, for God shows no partiality. And so he'll, he'll do exactly the same for us as He did for the disciples. Now, when God does begin to open up His Word to us, He never opens up everything to us because we can't receive it all. Because don't forget, we still have a carnal mindset. And so we have to progress in this renewing. That's why it's called a renewing process. It's, it's not a case of you get renewed and that's it. Now you're renewed. No, it, our whole life is on this planet is a renewal of the mind. Just as an aside, um, the renewing of the mind only applies to this life. For when we depart from this life, we will have perfect knowledge. Uh, there's no renewing of the mind that takes place in heaven. Um, it's in this life that our minds need to be renewed. So why is it that important? Because if it only pertains to this life, that my, life, my mind needs to be renewed, why am I even going to give it any attention? Well, there is the aspect that... I will enjoy only the benefits of what is in God's Word if I understand what the benefits are there. And so unless my mind is renewed to the Word of God, well then I'm not going to walk in what God has called me to walk in. That's just a, a bit of an aside. Um, and so God expects us, once we come into the kingdom of God, to begin to um, transition from carnal thinking to spiritual thinking. And we need to start thinking as uh, God thinks. Um, but it's up to God to open up His Word to us. And as I said, when, when, when the veil is taken away in Christ, God does not give us full and complete understanding of every truth in His Word. Um, the Apostle Paul speaks about the various mysteries in, in the Kingdom of God, the various mysteries of the Gospel. And those mysteries were revealed to him. And quite often he would say, guys, you need, you, you need to understand that the, the the revelation knowledge that has been given to me and there's there were times that he wanted to impart revelation knowledge to churches but he couldn't because they were not able to receive it yet and so 
when the veil gets taken away in Christ, it's almost like it's progressive veils that get taken away. Um, it's just an analogy I'm putting out there, but it's not what the Bible teaches. But what the Bible does clearly teach is that God does not reveal all truth to every baby believer as they're born again. It's progressive uh, revelation that is given to the believer. Um, and the scripture we can look at is in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 and 2. We've quoted it before, but it's a very pertinent scripture to this topic. And it says, And I, brethren, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. So it, it, even if Paul had shared revelation knowledge with that church in Corinth, they, wouldn't, they weren't able to receive it. And so Paul was not going to waste resources by teaching them things that they just couldn't grasp. And so that's just highlighting the truth for us, that even though we come into the kingdom of God as babes in Christ and the veil is taken away in Christ, God still only gives us progressive revelation of His Word. It's not a case where we get it all up front and now we just have to go walk in it. Not at all. It's as He reveals to us and we walk in it that He then reveals more truth to us and we can walk in the light of that. Um, and so that's just the way that God operates and uh, it pretty much works like that in the, in the natural as well. When a, a baby is born, you don't feed them with solid food straight away. They, they partake of milk. As they grow older, they get mashed food, and as they grow older, they then begin to eat more and more solid foods. And so in the spirit realm, it works exactly the same. With regards to the mind, the renewing of our minds, it works exactly in the same manner. There is no difference there. And so when we want to renew our minds um, to the things of the kingdom of God, so let's say we were born again now, and now we want to enter into this journey of transitioning our thinking from being carnally minded to becoming spiritually minded. We want to start thinking like Paul. We want to start thinking like Jesus. But we're not going to get there by tomorrow. We understand that. We understand there's a process that has to be taken. So what is the first step we take in the process? Well, when we went back to, we looked at the previous scriptures, God is the one who gives us understanding of His Word. Unless God gives us understanding of His Word, no matter how many times we spend, read His Word. I'm talking about even believers now. If we continue just reading the Word of God and God keeps it a closed book to us, well, it remains a closed book. Um, for it can only be revealed by the Spirit of God. So does it mean, because I'm a born-again believer, that, that I can just naturally expect that progressive revelation will come my way if I'm going to just read the Bible every day? Will I get more and more revelation of His Word? Well, no, that you won't get uh, more and more revelation of His Word because God has put various principles in place and we need to, uh, you know, for want of a better expression, we need to play by the rules. And one of the things that the Lord has said, everyone who asks receives. Luke 10, 11 verse 10. For he who asks receives. And so God expects us to ask. You can, you can ask him when you get to heaven why that is. Um, because you know, remember our Lord when he was saying, you guys, don't, when you pray, don't rattle off word, so many words. Because your heavenly Father knows the things you need of him even before you pray. Um, and so if people say, okay, but if God knows what I need even before I pray, why do I still need to ask? I don't know. God said you need to ask. So ask. Play by the rules. So one of the things we have to do 
if we want to receive revelation knowledge of the Word of God, is we're going to have to ask Him to give us revelation knowledge of His Word. Um, and a scripture that also highlights that particular truth to us, the Apostle Paul understood all of this. And so he taught all of this in his epistles. And when he wrote to the church at Ephesus, he taught them what he prayed for them. He taught, he said, guys, this is what I prayed for you. And guaranteed, whatever he prayed for the church at Ephesus, he prayed for all his churches, um, that they, they, God would do this for them. So let's have a look at the prayer that he prayed. And remember, we saw, we need to ask if we're going to receive. So if we want to receive revelation, knowledge of God's word, we're going to have to ask him to give it to us. It's not just going to come automatically. That's the way God operates. We have to ask. Ephesians 1, beginning at verse 15, uh, the Apostle Paul speaking, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now this is what he prayed. Verse 17, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And so we need to be praying that self-same prayer for us because essentially what Paul is praying is God give the church at Ephesus spiritual understanding of your word. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. You can go and, and, and read it again and get it in more depth. But I'm just going to paraphrase with regards to the way we're teaching this. Um, and they were born again, believers. And the veil had been taken away in Christ. But nevertheless, the Apostle Paul recognized that unless he got on his knees and petitioned the Father in the name of Jesus, that the Father would give to the church at Ephesus spiritual understanding of the Word of God, they weren't going to get it. And so that's what Paul would pray. Paul would not spend time praying this for the church, and the Holy Spirit would not allow Paul to put this into the Bible if this was an unnecessary step. This is a very necessary step. If we remember, we in this series, we're wanting to get to the point where we can transition from point A to point B. Point A being carnal thinking, point B being spiritual thinking. And so we need to renew our minds and get them to cross over you know, during this process. The starting point in the process, even though we're born again and the veil has been taken removed in Christ, we still have to get on our knees and we still have to petition the Father in the name of Jesus to grant to us spiritual understanding of His Word. Um, as I say, you, if you have a problem with that and you don't understand why God expects you to ask Him, when you get to heaven one day, you can ask Him, say, Lord, why did we have to ask you? And you won't, need to, you won't need to ask because you'll have perfect knowledge at that time. So you'll know a reason why God wants us to ask Him. But nevertheless, we have to ask our Heavenly Father to give us spiritual understanding of His Word. And so that's really the jumping off process in the renewing of our mind. Because remember, we are renewing our mind to spiritual thinking. Spiritual thinking is revealed to us in the Word of God. It is completely foreign to the natural man. The natural man looks at the Bible, looks at the, what is written in the Word of God, and thinks it's absolute foolishness. And so, you know, it, it, there's just no recognition there that this is the way you should live. But if we're going to go down that road, we have to 
cast aside carnal thinking and take upon ourselves spiritual thinking. Now that is not going to happen with us alone. We can't do that ourselves. Remember we said that God gives us the ability. That's part of what grace is. Grace is God's ability imparted to us. So part of that ability that God imparts to us is the ability to see spiritual truth in His Word. And so that's the supernatural that's, that kicks in. It, unless God is involved here, that you, you know, as I say, even as a Christian, you can read your Bible a million times and it will not benefit you unless God is working with you and He is revealing His Word to you, it still remains a closed book. And so that's why we ask. And God then opens up His Word to us. But there are other issues along the line because it's a, a renewing process. So it's not going to be a case of your God will then give you uh, all the spiritual understanding that you need, and then that's it, you've got it now, so now you can carry on as a Christian for the rest of your life. Not at all. Now there are things, because remember now, God reveals to us step by step. He never opens up everything to us right up front. It's as we progress in this Christian walk that He gives us more revelation of His Word. And let's go back to the, the scripture that is so pertinent to show us this, and that is in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 2 to 3. Um, Paul speaking, he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. Why, Paul? For until now, you were not able to receive it. We saw that if God blocks it, you can't receive it. And even now, you're still not able. Why, Paul? I'm putting the why, Paul, in. Verse 3, for you are still carnal. How do you know that, Paul? For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And so that was the blockage in the church at Corinth. We said that. We said that Paul was able to feed them with solid food, but they were not able to receive the solid food. And so there was a hindrance there. Paul, was, Paul recognized, guys, I would love to be able to feed you with uh, some really good solid food out of, out of the Word of God, but I can't, I can't do it because you guys can't receive it. And Paul recognized and he explained to them why they couldn't receive it. He said, because you guys are still carnal. So how did Paul know they were still carnal? Because he looked at their behavior. He says, because you're still carnal for where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you. That's all carnal behavior. And so they had not yet gotten out of the starting blocks. So the, the word, that, the, the milk of God's word that Paul had imparted to the church at Corinth, they had not yet become doers of the, that word. They had heard that word, they were hearers of the word, like James says, but they were not yet doers of that word. Had they been doers of that word, there would have not have been envy, strife, and divisions among them. And they would have been ready and prepared for Paul to impart more revelation to them. And so the very important spiritual truth is brought to bear here. And that is, whatever God reveals to us in His word, we have to become doers of that word. Now we don't have to, but if we want to progress in the spiritual walk, if we want to progress in having our minds renewed, then we do have to do what God shows us to do. For if we choose not to, and we say, well, I've heard it, but I'm not going to apply it. I'm just going to continue like I've always walked. Well, then God says, okay, well, that's, if that's where you want to stay in my kingdom, 
as a, a babe in Christ, well, that's where you'll stay. And there will be no progress. There will be no renew, further renewing of your mind. Because why? Because no more revelation will be forthcoming from God. And the reason that the revelation gets cut off is because we're not applying and walking in the light of that which God has already revealed to us. And so you get these baby Christians. They love to go from meeting to meeting and they love to listen to all of the latest teachers um, and what they're espousing. But they never change their behavior. They never apply that which they've learned. And so they can, they'll sit under really anointed. I mean, there's no fault on the, on the part of the teacher of the, of the Word of God because he's teaching good stuff, sound doctrine that, you know, that can really uh, benefit their lives. But it never impacts on their lives because they don't do what God has already revealed to them. And so they, they love to go and listen to the latest teachings. But that's all they are. They are hearers of the Word of God, not doers thereof. And so there's just no spiritual progress. There is no renewing of the mind that takes place. And that is the blockage in a lot of Christians' lives, is that they just refuse to do the Word of God. And you know, the, uh, God is not mocked. Um, and you know, He says, He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap destruction. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so we choose where we're going to sow. And the way, one of the ways that we choose where we're going to sow is we actually behave as God intended us to behave, what He reveals to us in His Word. And so, you know, the, the, it's just as plain as, as, as the, the nose on in your face. You can't get around it. If you're not going to do the Word of God, that's it. The book remains closed to you. You can understand what you've understood thus far, but God gives you no more. Um, because God doesn't waste resources. He doesn't give revelation knowledge to those who are not going to walk in it. He rather give the revelation knowledge to those who will run with uh, the Word that He gives them. And so we need to be praying first. We need to be asking God, God, I need you to give me spiritual understanding of your Word. Come forward. And remember we said... It's no good if you're not walking in the light of what he's shown you to pray anymore about the issue because God's not going to even listen to that prayer because you're not being obedient to do what he's already shown you. So first thing, we pray. Next, the moment that he begins to reveal any truth to us in his word, well, now we need to be in a, applying that and we need to become a doers of that word. Then and only then can we expect further revelation and... Um, allow our minds to be further renewed to become transition from carnal thinking to spiritual thinking and, and the other scripture we can look at is Luke 8 verse 18 our Lord speaking he says therefore take heed how you hear for whoever has to him more will be given and whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him and so <clears throat> in Mark's gospel um, he quotes our Lord as saying, take heed what you hear. And the Lord does speak about this subject on, on more than one occasion. So Mark was quite possibly recording a different uh, occasion. So we have to take heed as to what we hear. Um, so we, you know, we just don't take in everything that comes our way. We are selective in that, what we, in that which we hear in this life. Because there's a lot of weird stuff in this life that we don't want to be exposed to. We want to be exposed to the things of the kingdom of God. But in Luke's account, our Lord says, take heed how you hear. And so he, our Lord is talking about the attitude that we place upon the word that we receive from him. Because if it's an attitude of, oh, well, I've heard that before, um, but we're actually not doing it. Well, then you know, 
how we hear is going to influence because Allah goes on to say, for whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not, even when he seems to have, will be taken from him. And so it's so important for us to be doers of the word. I can't emphasize that enough. Because remember again, the, the whole point of a, a, a mindset is that what we think about determines the way we're going to behave. And so we really want to change behavior at the end of the day. And that's what the renewing of the mind is all about, is to change our behavior in this life. And so if we're not going to change our behavior, then we're not going to change our, th our, our thinking. Our thinking will remain carnal in nature. And then the, the next point that we need to emphasize with regards to this renewing of the mind, and that is that we have to give ourselves over to meditation in the Word of God. Now, a lot of this that we're dealing with now, we dealt with it under the, the topic of growing strong in spirit. Because the two are interrelated, there's, there's no getting around it, that if you're going to grow strong in spirit, you're going, to, you're going to renew your mind. And if you're going to renew your mind, you're going to grow strong. In, they, they, they're intertwined. And so it's the same principles, but we're just looking at it from a different aspect. And the scripture we can look at is in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. This is our Lord. The scripture says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in me, in, sorry, let me back up, sorry. If you abide in my word, and my, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so our Lord's counsel to us is that we need to abide in his word. Now to abide in the word of God means that we have to dwell there. We have to make his word our home. If you abide in my word, you are my what? My disciples indeed. Remember we said that, that, that uh, um, the definition of a disciple is one who is disciplined in their lifestyle. And so we do. We, we, we need, this Christian walk is a disciplined walk. It's not a case that we can just go out there and do whatever we like and expect to grow strong spiritually and expect our minds to be renewed. It's not going to happen. We have to be disciplined and focused about this thing. And that's why our Lord said we need to abide in His Word. We need to be dwelling in His Word. We need to be... Um, fully immersed into his word. He says, then you are my, my disciples indeed. And what happens? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In another passage of scripture, our Lord tells us that the Holy Spirit is sent by God to lead us and to guide us into all truth, which is the truth of his word. And so, it's as we abide and dwell in the word of God, that we display our discipleship of the Lord Jesus, and then we get to know the truth. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is then able to lead us and guide us into all truth. And the truth of His Word is revealed to us. Now He does that because He knows when He reveals truth to this disciple, this disciple will go and apply it in his life. And so He's quite willing to reveal truth to this disciple. But the one sitting next door to that particular disciple is not willing to go and do that which the Holy Spirit reveals to him. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't lead him and guide him into all truth anymore because he's not following. He's staying behind. He likes to look. He likes to hear, but he doesn't like to do. And so the Holy Spirit says, okay, well, there's something wrong here because what I show you, I show you so that you can go and do it. I don't show you so that you can say, oh, oh that's lovely, and then do nothing. Um, you know, we, we need to be, our Lord said, why do you guys call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you to do? And so, you know, we really need to take that to heart. Um, our Lord asks that question of his saints. Guys, why do you call me Lord, and you don't do what I tell you to do? 
our Lord, we do. We obey. We're disciples of the Lord. And so we need to um, be giving ourselves completely to being in, in, immersed in the Word of God. Now, one of the ways we do that is we give ourselves to meditation on the Word of God. And another scripture we can look at is in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. The Apostle Paul counsels the, the young uh, minister, Timothy, and he says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Remember our Lord said, if you abide in my word. Here Paul says, says to Timothy, give yourself entirely to them. So we have to be completely sold out to this thing. This cannot be our weekend club that we belong to. This has got to be a chosen lifestyle. We have to be dis disciples of the Lord in this. If we're wanting to see progress take place. Because that's what he actually says to, to Timothy. He says, give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. In other words, Timothy, if you don't give yourself entirely to them, then your progress will not be evident. Because there, why is that? Because there will be no progress. And so it's only for the disciple who, who, is, who focuses on these things. And the upfront thing he says is meditate on these things. What things was he talking about? He was talking about the, 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 the doctrine that Paul had taught Timothy and the word of God that Timothy had received through Paul's ministry. And he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them so that your progress may be evident to all. So we can go into that in reverse. Don't meditate on these things. Do not give yourself entirely to them and no progress will be evident to all. And that's just the reality of it. And so we do need to, and, but the first thing that Paul admonishes Timothy to do is to meditate on these things. Why does he do that? Because he understands that if uh, Timothy is to focus his thinking along this line, he will begin to act along that line. And if he does, then his progress would be made evident. Because why? Everybody would see how Timothy had in fact progressed in the things of God. And so it's so important for us as believers that if we're going to progress in our uh, spiritual walk, in the renewing of our minds, we're going to have to give ourselves over to meditation on the Word of God. Now again, the benchmark is, you can go, uh, uh, our Lord is the benchmark, because the Bible in the book of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our, of our faith. And we should be looking at unto our Lord Jesus. And our Lord meditated, we've gone through this before, on the Word of God day and night. Um, go read, I encourage you to go read Psalm 119 and you have insight as to just what emphasis our Lord Jesus placed on the Word of God and we need to be doers of that Word as well. Another scripture we can look at uh, which just re-emphasizes this truth of controlling our thought life for that's what meditation is. We decide what we're going to think about and we need to be very focused on the issue. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 the scripture says finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are good report if there is any virtue or anything if there's anything praiseworthy meditate on these things and really if you analyze that list it's only the word of God that fits in there uh, because it just is so all-encompassing and that's what we need to be meditating on we should always be thinking about the Word of God because that is what, because don't forget, we have come into this kingdom with uh, years and years and years and years of uh, programming to think in the wrong way. 
and now we need to reprogram our mindset to think in God's direction. And the way that that's going to happen is if we we are disciplined in the way we think and what we think about, which should be and can only be the Word of God. And we have to give ourselves over to meditation in order to attain that. Now, you know, um, a lot of Christians never go down this road. A lot of Christians remain, they come into the kingdom of God, baby Christians, they have that understanding and they leave the planet as baby Christians. They never transition from carnal thinking to spiritual thinking. The reason they don't do it is because they don't do this. Because this is where the discipleship kicks in. This is where you have to become uh, disciplined in your walk with the Lord. And, uh, you know, you, you're just never going to have a, a renewed mind if you are flippant about this. You have to be disciplined about this. Remember our Lord said, if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So there are a lot of saints who are actually not really the Lord's disciples because they don't really abide in His Word. They are still so very carnal in their thinking and they never progress. Um, another scripture that just highlights the truth that uh, Christians don't progress in their lives was in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. Um, the writer writing to the church in Jerusalem, he says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. And we said that is a huge indictment on that church because that was the oldest church in existence at the time. And so they should have all been spiritual giants. They should have all have had be spiritually minded. But uh, the Apostle Paul, he wrote that letter. He says to them, he said, guys, we need to still feed you with milk. We can't feed you with solid food. Now that, as I say, is a huge indictment. Because that church had been in existence 25 years, maybe on to 30 years, I don't know. But, but it just shows you that's, that's biblical evidence of what we see in the church even today. That you have Christians who have been born again for 30 years and are still behaving like spiritual babes. Because they have never given themselves over to the renewing of their mind. And as I say, it's, it's a disciplined process. Now God gets in there. He, it's not a works program. I know people are going to start screaming out, oh, but this is all works. You're trying to do it all in your own strength. Not at all. We are fellow laborers together with God. Remember I said in the previous teaching, we can walk. God causes us to walk on water. And so when we step out in the natural, God takes over in the supernatural. And so as we give ourselves to meditate, first we pray about getting revelation. Then whatever he reveals to us, we are diligent in doing that. Again, by his ability, he gives us the grace to go out and do what he tells us to do. As we do that, and, we, and part of what he tells us to do is to meditate upon his word. As we begin to meditate upon his word, so he, he's faithful. And he, uh, you know, you, you, you will find that the word of God becomes more and more um, you become addicted to it. You know, we talk about addiction in the world, and I, I, I've taught that every addiction out there is demon-driven because that demon takes a hold of that person in whatever area and drives that person in that area. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's a crude analogy, but we can become addicted to the Word of God from the point of view that you become so in love with the Word of God that really... That's what really interests you. When you people want to talk about the Word of God, you light up because now you're talking about my Father's Word. You're talking about my Lord, and that is that it excites the person. Um, and every free moment they get, 
they want to spend time in the Word of God. And all the time, whenever they are driving their vehicle, whatever they do, they are thinking about the Word of God. As I said, go read Psalm 119. Our Lord would get, get up in the middle of the night to spend time thinking about the Word of God. He was absolutely in love with the Word of God. And that's where we need to be in our minds. Because as we do, uh, that renewing process takes place. And you will find your thinking will line up with the Word of God. And His thoughts will become your thoughts. And His ways will become your ways. And we're going to end the teaching on that point. Amen.